Well, hello and welcome to St. Basil the Great video and podcast. And I'm Tommy. I'm on the staff here. Father, Father Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. And who's this? Who is this? Who are you? Who am I? I am <laughs> Gregory Paparizos, um, new music minister here at St. Basil the Great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been here now? It's middle. It's, it's beginning of August. How long have you been here yeah, now? Yeah. So about three months so far. I started May 1st. So... So to give people a little background about you, what's your earliest memory of St. Basil the Great? Oh, my earliest memory. Okay, well, this is an early memory. So we've been coming here for a long time, and we would come to the Life Teen Mass, 530 Mass on Sunday. And, you know, I was like five years old at the time, probably. And, and you're um, seven now? I was, yeah, seven now. <laughs> no, 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 21 now, but about five years old. And I'd be playing outside all day, and then we would come to 530 Mass at night. Hey, you know, being a little kid, I was tired. So during Father Walt's homily, I would like oh kind of clonk out on my mother's shoulder. And after mass one time, Father Walt came up to me. He's like, what, was the homily boring? And I was like, you know, shaking up. But yeah, that's probably like my earliest memory, probably because it's like still like triggering that I fell asleep during a homily. <laughs> well, I'm great. glad you got over that. Yeah. And now come to church several times. Seven and I just want to say that's impressive Sunday. because from what I heard, Father Walt's homilies weren't that long anyways. Yeah. So that's a pretty good job falling asleep pretty yeah. quickly. That's there great. you go. There you go. So you are new to our staff. And something else that is new is we have a new parish logo and a new parish tagline. Uh, we never had a tagline before. We had a mission statement and we still have a mission statement and it's true and we strive to accomplish it. But we wanted something that was shorter snappier, more memorable. And there's something about new things. People right. like Definitely. new things, right? And we want to let people know who God is, who we are as a parish, and speak to them in that, uh, in, in all these different areas, like digital areas, spaces like that. But why are we even doing a new logo? And, and right. Yeah, I just think two reasons. One is if you think about like in the culture we're in, right? So you're in a culture of scrolling and a culture of swiping. So we're just like this culture of images. So constantly being bombarded by images, whether it's on TV or on our computers or on our phones. And so we want to make sure that as a parish, uh, as a people who are trying to like follow, embody, and proclaim Jesus, we can like catch someone's attention. That, that the logo would speak, if you will, enough so that someone would stop for a moment and, and check it out and see it. Not because uh, we're just all about appearances, but because that's where most people are at in our culture. And so you got to meet people where they're at. And so to give a new look and a new feel to a parish who's been here for a while can help the larger community around us give us a second shot, maybe come back, maybe rethink some things to help just kind of listen anew to the good news that we want to offer. So it's ultimately always about Jesus, but also in our kind of current culture, we want to translate Jesus and his message and who he is in a way that speaks to where people are at, the average person uh, in this area. And the Bible, too, calls Jesus the Word. In the very first verse of the very first chapter of John's Gospel, in the beginning was the Word. So Jesus is a Word, yep. so words are important. But then St. Paul, in his letter to the Colossians, says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So Jesus is both Word and image. So those are two important media for us to communicate through. And so to have a new word and a new image is a new way of communicating who Jesus is. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> Father Ryan, you've been here about two years. <clears throat> Almost tomorrow's so... two years, actually, from when we're recording oh, really? this. Oh, really? August, oh, 4th, uh, nice. August 4th. The feast day of St. John Vianney, patron saint of parish priests. So oh, it was my first really? day. Really? That's awesome. Which was actually Father Walt's gift, because I was supposed to come on the second, and he called me, and I didn't know him that well. And he goes, hey, Ryan. I go, yeah, Walt. He goes, I guess I got to stay a couple more days. Uh, <laughs> can you come on the fourth? I said, yeah, sure. So that was it. That's how it what happened. What were those final acts he needed to perform? I think someone told him that not everyone knows you're leaving. And so, <laughs> so he said, all right, well, I guess I'll say another round oh. of goodbyes. So he did one more weekend of masses. Uh, and that's that was it. So, yeah. So having been here two years, you've gotten a good taste, good feel of the parish and the people. And so what I did a few months, I don't know, maybe it was a year ago, probably nine months or so ago, I gave you a packet of questions. Yeah. It was a lot of questions. And this was a, a branding packet, but also got it our vision, our mission. Who are we? Who are we trying to reach? Just a bunch of questions to say. Who are people? What are their needs? Yeah. Yeah, it was a, so it, it's from a, a church organization that helps church operate on the human level more effectively. So it uses like best practices in marketing, best practice in advertising, HR things. It has a bunch of different divisions, but this would have been the area of advertising and marketing. And it had all sorts of questions on there. And it asked in many different ways. And it just helped kind of solidify and distill what was speaking to my heart after being with the people here, like, where are people at? What are they needing? What do they need to hear? And then kind of taking it to prayer a little bit and saying, all right, Lord, and all of that, what are you saying into this so that uh, we can kind of, you know, you could be a million different things, let's say. It's probably even more than that. Well, if you try to be a million things, you'll be nothing. You're not going to stand for anything. So what is it that St. Basil's wants to stand for? What's going to be our touch, our tone, our look as we engage people outside of St. Basil's so we can invite more people to be a part of St. Basil the Great? Is that kind of this packet that I filled out? And so then we gave that packet to two different graphic designers, one being Gregory here. That's some of what you went to school for. Yes. yes. Wasn't that your actual major? Was Yeah, so I majored in <clears throat> digital marketing at Baldwin-Wallace, and so a big part of that was graphic design, making media, different formats and stuff. So. And yeah. you didn't need to major in music because you know it all. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I minored in music, and I learned actually a lot, like so much in music. It What's was your favorite like, note? Oh, definitely <laughs> C-sharp, which is also D-flat. If you know what? music. Am it's, I right, Father Ryan, or am I right? It's, it's true. It's one of the few. Because there's no such thing as a C flat. All right. We're... <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know any of these words. But so we gave it to so, Gregory yeah. and, and Jen Calabretta. Yep. And so then me and Jen met. And this was back in January is when we started the process. We met over Zoom and we were talking, you know, trying to extract ideas that Father Ryan and Tommy had kind of put together in this document. And we were just trying to find common themes among everything, all the questions that were answered to really figure out a way to put this into a symbol and then put this into some type of a tagline. And so we met a few times after that as well, sharing mock-ups, sharing ideas. And it was a lot of fun working with Jen on this project because we were constantly back back and forth, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other, which was really fun to do. And it really helped us understand, you know, what we needed to do and what Father Ryan wanted the end product to really help the church do. 
So in a few minutes, we're gonna reveal the new logo, but first we're gonna reveal the new tagline. Well, first, before we do that, because that wasn't all the process. There was then once uh, Gregory and Jen came up with some logos, mm -hmm. then we tweaked a little bit more, and then we were down to about two, maybe three of them. And at this point, we're talking about like minutia, like where, how, like how thick should a circle be? What kind of font? I mean, we were really getting down to it. And then we kind of unveiled it to the parish staff, got their feedbacks, kind of tweaked a few more things based on what they said. And then we gave it to parish council who represents all of you. And they gave us feedback on what they saw and what they liked and maybe ideas they had. Then we went back and made the final tweaks to where we got to where we were at. So to be honest, it was a really long process. I kind of lost interest halfway through and then got interested, lost interest, got interested again. Uh, but I'm really glad it went that long because we had more people's visions and ideas weighing in on it so that I feel like this really represents both the parish, my heart, and then also what I think God wants to kind of reveal to us and work through it. I feel like he's got all of it in there. And I think that is the other thing as well, like taking so long to do it, it was really just letting the Holy Spirit like sink into all of our hearts and say, what should this logo look like? And, you know, saying no to this, saying yes to that really helped us narrow that down to coming to a final product. Yeah. So I'm sorry. That I means that <laughs> as, an as employees yeah. here, it, you're fine with us taking eight months to do anything. Of most things. <sighs> no, something. Okay. I meant something. We're going on okay. to lunch after this. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's right. do it. So before we hit uh, the new taglines, here are some that didn't capture everything we wanted to. So these are some of our rejected taglines. Do you have a few listed for us? Because I'm. I do. I do. You probably remember them better than I do. Uh, St. Basil the Great Catholic Church. We have many bricks. St. Basil the Great Catholic Church, where our hearts are as full of God's love as our recycling dumpsters are full of the cardboard that you guys incessantly drop off. <laughs> no, I'm glad because it's better <laughs> that it's recycled and thrown out. But True. man, a lot of True. people come on our campus. That's a major evangelization point is the people who come to drop off the cardboard. And it's always overflowing. You should have, mm -hmm. oh yeah. And then the wind up here on the hill just blows everything. Um, yeah, why don't you take Let's D see. there? St. Basil the Great Catholic Church. Come on in. We have 29 doors. St. <laughs> Basil the Great, where everyone wishes we still had a 1030 mass. Oh, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a St. Basil the Great. Remember Father Walt? <laughs> yeah, he was great. <laughs> that, uh, I should have let you see these before yeah. we... Uh... Uh, St. Basil the Great, we don't do fish fries. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, hit, uh, hit mm, up oh, yeah. H there. Okay, our number one contributor to Catholic Charities for 12 running years. That's true. Or more. Yeah, I just true. threw a number out there. Uh, St. Basil, our choir is bigger than your choir. Whoa. <laughs> Way to go, Gregory. There you go. Nice. Gregory and Steph yeah. making it strong. Yeah. Jay. And uh, here's one. St. Basil the Great. Who's that young guy in the piano? Oh, who's that 12-year-old playing the piano? <laughs> now you know. Kind of has a ring to it. St. Basil the Great. Dwayne Ranta can build anything. <laughs> that's true. And uh, yeah, that's that's probably uh, y'all need Jesus and... St. Basil the Great, please come, please come back. Please. <laughs> no, so what are the three words that we ended up uh, settling on? Joyful, merciful, and faithful. 
So when you were looking at that packet, that's some, those are three words that you and Jen really saw and just kept coming up again and again. In almost every question that was asked, it was, you know, those variation of those three words or those three words exactly just kept on coming up. Yep. Yeah, I, I like these words a lot too because I wouldn't have put them together. But when uh, Gregory and Jen did and put them on the page, it kind of captured me because it was like, it says, St. Basil the Great Catholic Church, joyful merciful, faithful. And I think there are three words that uh, this parish does a really good job at, but also really tries to be. I mean, I know our staff is laughing a lot. We have a good time here. You can walk down the hallway. It's hard to walk past an office without someone laughing, right? We have not only a big devotion to the Chaplain of Divine Mercy here, but we do a lot of corporal works of mercy, serving people in need. And it's a real touch of uh, the last three popes' mission for the church is that we're in an era of mercy where the way we deal with the modern world is not of severity, but like a warm presence inviting them to come back and reconsider the things of Jesus and God. And then faithful. You know, we want to be faithful to everything God and Jesus has revealed and wants us to be about. And so those are the three words that really captured a lot for what I'd love this parish to continue to grow and be and kind of the feel or touch I would love for us to have in Brexville and the wider community. I'd like our place to be known as, boy, that place is joyful, merciful, and faithful. And one of the best ways to evangelize and bring people into the family of God's love is to be joyful, is yeah. to just be a happy Catholic and not let our moods run our lives, not be irritable, but mm -hmm. to be grateful, all the things that God has blessed us with and each one of us individually, uh, and live out of that and be joyful. Yeah. Absolutely. So those are the three words. Now it's time for the logo reveal. So I'm going to put that on the screen right now and cover up my face. You're welcome. Hey. hey <laughs> Here it is. There it is, everyone. There you go. Okay. Now we're going to talk a little bit about some of the different features and why the design elements are mm -hmm. in there and some of the meaning. And <clears throat> I think this is important because we have the meaning that we put into it and that you can draw out. But another thing that you can do is put your own sort of meaning on it. And that's one of the things that we do with the Bible too. So there's these two fancy words. One's called exegesis, and that's where you draw out of the text what the author originally intended. But then there's eisegesis, which is where you put a meaning onto the text. Now that can be dangerous if you're trying to change what the original author meant or try and twist it for your own agenda. But in prayer, it's not just Matthew's original meaning that we get out when we uh, meditate on a passage from the gospel. It's about putting, uh, seeing what, what does that meaning have for me specifically today? Because the Bible is living and active, yeah. sharper yeah. than any two-edged sword. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so you can do that. I mean, and almost everyone knows how to do this with art, right? Like you go to an art museum and you could hear, you know, our Cleveland Museum of Art, there's a great blue period from Picasso. And I saw this painting and it always spoke to me of Adam and Eve and Mary and with the Christ child. It's Picasso's blue period in the early 20th century. But when you read what Picasso was doing, no one really knows what he meant, but there's like some thoughts based on journals and other stuff of what it meant. It means, doesn't mean that at all. Picasso, that was not in his mind apparently. So you do it all the time with art. You see some meaning there. That doesn't mean it's not true. That's the beauty of art. It's both the artist's intention, the artist being humble enough to also know that Although I mean this, based on the colors, the symbols, and everything, as you can see here, it can mean a lot more. So we just want to kind of unpack a little bit of what Gregory and I and other people have been seeing already. But the invitation is for you to sit with it, notice it, 
see what it says to you, because that could be just as valid, if not even more inspiring. So we're going to give you some parameters and then you just go wild. Yeah. So first of all, you can see the church. You can see the distinctive roof line of St. Basil the Great. So what would you say to someone who says, well, look, the church is more than a building. We just have this building here. That's our logo. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're right. It, it's both though, right? So the church is always a visible, right? We mentioned Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Mm -hmm. There's something visible about Jesus, all right? There's something structural. So uh, from the earliest traditions of the church, they have, they've had these buildings that they've airmarked as sacred places. They pour oil on them. They consecrate them. They're the places where God activities takes place, such as liturgy, mass, sacraments. But it's also true that it's also the people of God. So when you say church, you can ask someone on the street, like, which church do you go to? They don't say, well, John, Sarah, Susie, Courtney. They're like, well, that's that's their hot, what? I mean, well, there's a building. There's a place where we gather. The church is a gathering force. But it's also true that the people at the place are what make the church. So it's always both. In the Catholic Church, we have so many textures. The church is the hierarchy. The church is also saints. The church are buildings. The church are those living out the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. There's so many parts to it. So here at St. Basil, you can see in the logo, we wanted that church to be captured because in Brexville, we're the highest point in Brexville, and the, our church building is really noticed by a lot, and it's probably the most recognizable mm -hmm. structure, if not in all of Brexville, at least definitely to the people who come here to worship. That would be a recognizable image. So that's at the prominent place right there. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice on the bottom, the church isn't set on flat level ground, but there's an angle there. And so you put that there, Gregory, because... Because the church is on a hill, practically, and it's the highest point in Brexville. And like you were saying, Father, it is a clear visual marker. And, you know, it's important to have that in our identity, in our logo for our church, you know, so... Yeah. And the Bible talks about the church being, you know, like a city on a hill. Yeah, Jesus says, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, you should, like, who would take a light and put it under a bushel basket? Yeah. And, like, when they see your good works, it's like a church on a hill. It's like a city on a hill. It's... It speaks to everyone else. We don't exist for ourselves. We're meant to be a light to the wider community of Brexville and beyond. So that's the idea of being on a hill is we're witnesses in the world of what Christ has done and is doing. And what a beautiful goal for our own parish to be, you know, yeah. something to strive for. Absolutely. And you'll notice right up the center is a big cross, big cross. that sort of looks like our cross on mm -hmm. top of the church. But that means Jesus <laughs> is the center. The center of what we do, the center of our worship, the center of our prayer, the center of our lives, the center of our decision making. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it also is good to see like it's precisely on the cross where God rescued us. Like the prophets of Israel, everything they prepared, but it was in the cross, the death and resurrection where we were rescued. And that's really at the deepest level what we're meant to be. We're a part of the saved. And when we come here to worship, we realize there's parts of our lives that still need saving and healing. But fundamentally, we orient ourselves around what God has done about the mess in our lives and in this world. And what he's done is he came into this world and suffered, died, and rose to give us the hope, the power, the love to transform and heal. And so that's what we want to be at the center of what we are as well, is we want to be a community that gets it, that believes in that, proclaims that, and then embodies that to say, we aren't meaningless. We have a purpose in this world, a God-given one. We know where we came from, where we're going, and how to get there, all because of what God has done in Christ. And that's right at the center of who we are and what we're about. Some of the meaning that I sort of pushed into this image, too, was that the roof lines, you'll see, don't touch the cross. There's a gap there. And to me, it's kind of like the cross is like 
busting through, busting out, yeah. like expanding beyond our church. Our church isn't closed in um, with, with no way out. Or We're anything. not containing him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that he's bigger than that. We don't try and put him in a box or within four walls. And then also uh, came to mind the gospel story of the hole in the roof. You know, you'll notice there's like a little gap in the roof mm. there next to the cross. And that's, you know, yeah. that's where the... You get the paralyzed yeah. man, his friends lower him down. They had the great faith and Jesus healed him uh, because of that. Well, and also when we were at, uh, when we revealed this to parish council, I forget who it was at parish council. Uh, they said, it looks like our church, but because it's not filled in with the bricks, it also kind of looks a little bit like a manger. And they said, and how great that is the idea that like a God who comes down to us and meets us in our humanity, uh, the, the fancy word right is incarnation where God became human that it was in this manger where he was laid. And the idea that, boy, we, we proclaim this God at St. Basil's, that someone saw that in there and parish council. I thought that was a really cool thing. I didn't see that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's an ice Jesus that you're talking about. Tom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then underneath, like underground, we've got these little rays going down. These What's that all lines. about? Yeah, no, in my, hi- in my head, I kind of pictured it as like going out into the world, like forward motion from the cross. We've been giving our, given our task by Jesus and now we have to go out, go out and change the world, make disciples of everyone we meet. And so that's how I always interpreted it when I was putting it together, when I was looking at it. That's how I always saw it. Yeah, there's something radiating out. Radiating out from the cross. Yeah. And not just uh, radiating out, but if I look at it as if it's underground, that brings to mind like the, the work that the Holy Spirit performs isn't all this top-down institutional, someone makes a pronouncement and everyone follows, but the Holy Spirit works individually, like from the ground up through one human heart at a time. Mm. And that's the great, that's the great hope Mm -hmm. that I don't need to wait for a priest or a bishop or the Pope to do something, say something, start something. I have access to the Lord through prayer and the Holy Spirit, just like the Holy Spirit does through one saint at a time in every generation can transform that person into holiness. Yeah, it was funny because someone also pointed out that it looks like the Wi-Fi symbol, right? And at first it's like, oh man, should we change that? That's kind of cheesy, you know? But then we were thinking about like, actually, no, I think I think that's really great because mm-hmm. the symbol of the church building, we could kind of capture an ever ancient. And then with the Wi-Fi symbol, you can kind of talk about that and yet ever new, that we need to find new ways of communicating the faith, new ways of speaking to different generations so that many of you watch this so that your kids and grandkids can come meet Jesus we have to speak differently. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Church isn't going to change her teachings. How she teaches, the way she teaches, um, that that can be translated for different generations. And then also I like the idea, like, what is a Wi-Fi signal? It means you're tapping into something more than you are alone. Like if I just have my computer and all I have that, I can't go very far if I can't tap into something bigger than myself. Hmm. Wi-Fi is a way of, I actually become more than I am because I'm a part of this wireless internet, right? I'm now connected to the world. Mm-hmm. Same thing true with our faith, right? I'm a part of the body of Christ, which is not just worldwide, but generationally. Saints have gone before, saints who will come. There's kind of an organic mystical dimension that that's kind of symbol captures as well. Beautiful. Gregory, why don't you mention the ring around the whole, the whole emblem there? Yeah. So I think along the lines of our talking with Jen and Tommy and everything, we always kept on coming back to the shape of a circle. You know, it's this infinite shape kind of representing God almost in a sense, eternal, infinite. Also, you see overtones of the Eucharist in it too. You see a circular shape 
cross in the middle of it, but we wanted to capture something in a circle. And so then we also put another circle around it on the outside to give it some dimension, give it some border, which was another added effect to it. So I think it's a cool way to capture yeah. a logo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's you also saw some about it, Tommy. You saw like a, like an angel or, or I'm sorry, a halo, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Halo. Just a halo, you know, like in Christian art where they put that, you yeah. know, that uh, a halo around a saint or, uh, or Jesus. Yeah. yeah. What about our colors? Yeah. Early on, I said I wanted white, black, and gold or something of the uh, gold and jet black kind of mm -hmm. colors. And, and the whole reason was, is, I mean, uh, I think it was the founding pastor who had the beautiful marble for the sanctuary done. So you've got the altar, the ambo, and the tabernacle altar, mm -hmm. all with this black and gold. Oh, and it's just, a, it's just even keeping those colors consistent is a way of echoing back to the power and beauty of the Eucharist and the Mass really are, as the church says, the source and summit of everything we do. Really, it's like it's a font and it's the pinnacle. The highest thing we can do is touch and worship the invisible God in, at Mass. And all of our energy, all the grace, and all the healing and power we need to live out our mission comes from the Mass. And so those colors kind of capture, say, this is a big piece of property, got a lot of buildings, people are busy doing a lot of things on this property and in the inner city and elsewhere internationally to bring the gospel. But the center of it, the focus of it all, really is what we do in that building known as the church. And those are the colors there. So thank you, Gregory, for sharing your God-given talents and Gen 2, mm -hmm. uh, not just, you know, obviously your musical ones, but graphic design-wise to help bring this all together and to take abstract concepts mm -hmm. like joy, mercy, faith, and to try and uh, describe our family yeah. graphically. So thank you for that. Thank you. And we're, we're going to have new stationery and thank you cards. Envelopes. And envelopes. All the fun and, stuff. And you'll see if you... If you're watching this and you haven't yet seen the, been at the, weren't at my pastor installation, or after that, you'll see there the, the worship aid, the bulletins looking different, we'll have prayer cards, but you'll start seeing that logo. And also in the gathering spaces, you'll see some uh, nice prominent features of that logo as well. Mm -hmm. So that's just going to be kind of our touch as we start going forward. And Tuesday at seven, we're bringing in some tattoo artists to the pack and they're going <laughs> to... Neck tattoos. A, a discount... Um. <laughs> All right. Tommy. No, but one day we'll get some, <laughs> neck some merch, merch, oh, neck merchandise. Merch. No, not neck tats. Like, oh the, yeah, uh, like merch. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> yeah, a mouse pad. You know, mouse I'm pad. joking. We don't use it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mugs or maybe a, a polo shirt or for the next golf outing or who knows. We'll make something happen. But there thank you, you so much thank uh, you. Yeah, for thank you. sticking with us, and we hope you will help get behind this uniting symbol to represent Jesus in image and word. God bless. <laughs>